Welcome, Elder Emos. I'm your host, Samit. I'm Autumn. And on today's episode of the Elder Emo Hours podcast, we are hanging out with the incredible duo known as Wayne Avenue. How are you guys? We're good. Good. Thanks for having us. Good. Yeah. Thank you guys for coming on. Like, we're super excited to have you on here. I'm pretty sure uh, I found Nicole way before I found Wayne Avenue because you had popped up (laughs) on my For You page doing a cover of something. And I was like, not going to lie. She's kind of badass. I'm jealous. So this like on TikTok? Yes. Yep. This was on TikTok like six months ago. So, oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, we'll take it. And it all came full circle because then we connected and I realized that it was both of you. And now I'm thoroughly impressed and I'm still jealous because my, me and Brittany, Brittany would have been in here, but she's got other things going on. We're in a band 10, 15 years ago and it did not go very far. So I'm like, damn, that could have been us. <laughs> but we are very happy to have you guys on our show. We're happy to be here. Uh, The way that we always love to start off all of our interviews and everything is to let you guys go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners. So who are you guys? How did you meet? How did you come together? Like, who is Wayne Avenue? So um, Wayne Avenue is, I'm Beth. Um, I'm from the Boston area originally. I'm living in Worcester now. And uh, Nicole and I met over TikTok, actually. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's like kind of a story behind that too, but yeah, I'm Nicole. Um, I've kind of lived all over um, and Wayne Avenue kicked off during quarantine. So we actually like didn't meet at the very beginning. We've only met a couple of times. I was in Boston. So we were both in Massachusetts and we met on TikTok actually because we own the same guitar and yeah. it was just like this mutual connection we instantly had. Um, and I listened to Beth singing and uh, she listened to me playing guitar and it was just kind of meant to be. Actually, a fun fact, uh, I didn't mention this to you, Nicole, but today is exactly a year ago that we met in person for the first time. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, Happy anniversary. Amazing. We we talked through social media for a while, like a few months, um, but then like we set up a photo shoot um, with uh, Nicole's friend, uh, who's a very talented photographer. Um, and, uh, today is exactly a year. So it's very exciting to kind of look back at all those photos and just see like, you know, how, how far we've come. Would it be considered a a friend of (laughs) Versary? I guess. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I I mean, mean, you were friends before that though. You just physically met a year ago today. Exactly. Yeah. We already like finished our first song by the time that we met. So yeah, yeah, we must've been friends before that. Right. (laughs) Cool. That's that's so awesome. Well, yeah. happy anniversary, friend anniversary, physically meeting anniversary, <laughs> all of those. That's awesome. Um, now, are you both currently in Massachusetts? Um, I'm still in Massachusetts. Um, Nicole is down in North Carolina. Yeah, I recently moved, so uh, we're separate right now, but still making music. So, what part of North Carolina? Uh, Raleigh. I live in Wilmington. I'm two hours away from you. Oh, nice. <laughs> I was like, she's like, North Carolina. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> That's awesome. 
Uh, Bethany, you were saying something before I rudely interrupted you getting very excited about North Carolina. (laughs) You're totally fine. Um, We've actually um, made all of our music completely remote. We've recorded completely remote and we've sent it off to um, quite a few producers. We're trying to kind of just find people, different people to work with on each song. So, um, but every single song that we put out so far and all the stuff that we're planning on putting out is... um, done from basically our home studios or what you can call kind of a home home built studio uh i'm getting very very much like unsafe unsound vibes like that's literally how they came together they met they formed a band they did all those crazy things and they just physically met each other for the first time like a week ago i saw that yeah also (laughs) what's crazy oh sorry beth you go first i was gonna say we were actually uh mutuals with ricky as well i met ricky Ricky. years ago like when we first both joined tiktok um and he fascinates me like he is amazing i love ricky (laughs) Um, yeah, so we both know Ricky, but also when I first heard Beth singing was probably like when I decided that I wanted to be in a band with her and like reach out to her about it, I saw a cover of her duetting one of Ricky's TikToks oh and my she God, was you're singing. So and, right. I, and I was like, it was uh, like, I think the ghost of, you, ghost my of chemical, you yeah. from My Chemical Romance. And I was like, I really want to work with this girl. So <laughs> it's funny. Oh my gosh, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> The world literally aligned for you to meet and have this moment. Oh, yes. And Ricky was kind of at the center of that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, when you're talking about your story and everything, I was like, I've heard this story before with Unsafe Unsound. Yeah. And that is, that's nuts. That's so awesome. I'm Mm -hmm. so fascinated by how everything is now where you can do these things remotely and don't have to be in the same place and still create all of these incredible things like I feel like that's kind of but part of what our band stands for too of like not letting anything get in the way of you doing what you want to do and so many people have access to just like making music in their room and making it with people anywhere in the world so it's pretty cool that like anyone can do that now oh yeah and I was like I actually did a little bit of digging on you guys before the interview because I'm anxious and I always want to make sure I don't miss anything. Um, and you had, you had stated that in a lot of like your bios and things like that, that you guys have formed this with the whole, the story and moral behind the fact that you're going to do it regardless of what anybody else says and nobody can stop you type of thing. And I admire that so much because a lot of people, especially being in two different places, knowing that can get really discouraged and frustrated with it. And the fact that you guys are like, yeah, we're in two different places, but you know what? The hell with it. We're going to do it and we're going to do it great. And that's fine. I love that. And yeah. I admire that so much because it's hard. It is. It, it, it can be. Um, before making Wayne Avenue, um, I did a few collaborations uh, with people I've met over TikTok and since became friends with. And uh, a very good friend of ours, uh, Nick Soshin, who's part of the band Augustine, um, he really, he taught me a lot about recording in general, but like being able to make music remotely because uh, he lives in New York, I live in Massachusetts and uh, it, it just, it, it really is that anything is possible these days, especially given the last couple of years, people had to kind of like stay in one place and just figure out how to make it happen. So I think that's, it, it worked to our advantage in that case, just kind of staying put. 
Oh yeah, for sure. Now keeping on the same train of like TikTok and things like that. Um, how do you guys feel social media plays a role in music now? Like, cause knowing where it was like 10 or 15 years ago during like the MySpace days and things like that and way social media is now is it's totally different. And from what your story is about how you guys have met and the collaborations and things that you guys had on TikTok, like, what are your thoughts on where we're at with social media and the music industry now? Yeah, I mean, I feel like it, it gives people such an opportunity now. Um, like, obviously, social media has like good parts and bad parts, but I think um, now is the first time that people can really take off with it. Like, we've seen people go viral and have opportunities just based on a social media career. Um, and that's how people get their name out there now. So it's pretty cool seeing that like independent artists can really take hold of what they want their future to be. And it really just puts it in their hands now. I think it also like lets you connect more with people that listen to your music, which is also really cool. I completely agree with that part. Like it helps you really connect with your audience a lot more. I think, I think, um, I mean, if you look at the music industry as a whole, I, um, the way that music is delivered to people has changed, you know, tenfold over the last like 10, 15 years, like finding new music, I feel like in the MySpace days, you had to kind of like search for it and, you know, the algorithm would just kind of like show the top people. But I mean, these days, anyone can just make like a progress account of like, you know, their singing or their guitar playing or anything. And, you know, some people will find that and be like, oh my gosh, I really connect with this. So like, it, it really kind of delivers you new music kind of like almost against your will at this point. True. Yeah. Yeah. True. Now with having everything done remotely and everything like that, was it a big learning curve for both of you doing it remotely versus theoretically being in like the same town or even close enough to physically be with each other? Was it a major learning curve or was it just kind of like small adaptation? I had a little bit of recording experience as far as like just doing it on my own just for fun, posting stuff to SoundCloud. But as far as like learning to just record in general, I have a few people in my pocket to kind of help me with stuff and troubleshoot things. Um, but it, it was kind of all at once that I had to kind of learn like how to record properly and then also like how do I do this from a different location and sending it to someone else who lives you know, hundreds of miles away kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I think maybe I had a little bit more of a learning curve in terms of like what to actually give Beth to have like produced or whatever it was um, because we started with the instrumentals and then we worked on vocals after that. So like, I didn't know how many guitar takes I needed to do. I was used to just doing my guitar covers um, like over the track that I was playing. So I learned a little bit about um, how to have better audio quality when I was doing my covers, but I had never really taken the time to record good guitars um, or any of the other instruments for a real song. So it was cool. I learned a lot from Beth. So she taught me a couple things that she learned from her friends and um, her music background. And I felt like I didn't really know them. I didn't have a huge music background actually. So um, I don't know. I feel like I've also just learned a lot from just talking to Beth. Mm -hmm. And I've learned my fiance is a uh, composer and sound engineer. So I've learned a lot from him uh, over the last few years as well. 
Perfect. Now, are you t- talking about just kind of piggybacking off of that too? Now, I know you both are, you both play guitar. Like I've, I've seen that, but as far as your other instrumentals and things are concerned, are you guys doing those or is somebody else doing those? Am I allowed to know your top so, secret there? <laughs> as far as like, like bass and drums, that kind of thing. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, we've outsourced our drummers, uh, but for this next single that we're planning on putting out, um, I actually wrote out the drum parts um, myself in Logic with um, uh, Get Good Drums. So those are software drums. Um, but the um, two drummers that we've worked with on the last two singles, um, I can't remember if they used electric or acoustic kits, but yeah, so we... Uh, kind of have relied on other people in the past but we have written the drum parts ourselves so uh as far as impressive as far as bass both of us have uh attempted to kind of put the way those tracks down (laughs) that's so awesome like i am so in awe of both of you right now just listening to everything that you guys have been doing how you've had these minor learning curves doing everything on your own it i'm just sitting here like is, is there anything you can't do like well it's like a good challenge because like at the time I didn't even have a bass for when we did our first song so I just borrowed my roommate's bass luckily she had one and I didn't know how to play it but I think it was also a good way to force myself to just use my ear and be like okay what makes sense for this song and I just started to like teach myself little things that way so Mm -hmm. I think whenever we have a new project or the song that Beth was just talking about that we um, are going to be releasing soon. Um, it was probably the most complicated guitar song that we have so far. So right. that was also a learning curve for me too. But it all, see, it might be a learning curve, but you would never know listening to everything. It sounds like y'all been doing this forever and it's super impressive. Oh, I, again, I will sit here and tell you all day long how in I am of both of you. And like how I wish I grew up to be either one of you. Like that's where I wanted to be. (laughs) I think that's the other thing too, though. Like um, I think we've mentioned this before, but also with, I mean, this is like the elder emos uh, like podcast, but we also kind of stand for not letting anything stop you no matter what age you are either, because um, like, well, Beth, you have a music background, Mm -hmm. um, but neither of us started a band until this. So we started this, what you would think is pretty late when you see other people um, growing up, like starting in bands pretty young. And I feel like kind of late to the game with that, but it doesn't mean that you can't do it. Exactly. Yeah. I always pictured myself in a band, like when I was in high school and just, there wasn't the right people at the right time kind of thing. And then in college, I was like very, very career focused. Um, And uh, then especially like the few years after college I didn't really play a lot of music for just my own enjoyment it was a lot of like because I'm a music teacher I it it was more focused on teaching other people to be musicians rather than kind of expanding on my own musicianship and with the pandemic you know shutting down everything uh, I you know wasn't able to do my job really at all um, until the next year. So I had like a good six months where I was able to just focus on my own musicianship again. And then that's kind of like when, um, everything took off from there. Yeah. So speaking, speaking to both of those points, um, one thing that Autumn and myself and and Brittany as well have noticed is 
the uh, COVID hit, COVID was a thing and it was a hard thing for a lot of people to really work, work through and things like that. But it also forced you into this whole, okay, I have all this time on my hands right now. I have no obligations. I need to do something. And that's kind of where people were honing in on things that they previously used to do or love to do, or they're like, Hey, let me do this again. And we've also noticed that regard, like even regardless of age and things like that, because Brittany and I, we were in a band 10, 15 years ago. We were in MySpace band. We were the worst Weezer cover band you will ever probably That's ever amazing. experience. Um, I was drums. She was bass. Uh, and we could only play Beverly Hills by Weezer. Like it's a good choice though. If you've ever hey, seen, we, we need a drummer and a bassist. I mean, I still have my kit. It's acoustic, but I still have it. Um, but like it, if you've ever seen the Nightmare Before Christmas, the little quartet that tries to play Jingle Bells, that was us. Um, and it's the most accurate representation. However, one thing that we feel like and and just kind of like listening to your story and everybody else's story is even though COVID happened, COVID made this like two year incubation period where all of these incredible artists, artists, regardless of age, status or anything, like all of these incredible artists came out of that. And now we're in this huge comeback wave of music all over the place. So have you guys noticed that or have you, how you feel about that? Like, where are you at when it comes to this like pop punk rock artist rebirth that's happening right now i know everyone kind of says like it was never a phase mom but like literally yeah but genuinely like i can speak for myself when i say like i have always dressed the part of like that typical emo kid and that was something like in you know with the pandemic and everything i feel like i almost re regressed a little bit back to that fashion sense <laughs> Um, but then that also gave me like a, a, a bigger sense of like, I can make a band, I can be a musician that happens to teach rather than a teacher that teaches, you know, just, you know, does music. Um, but sorry, I'm trying to backtrack back to the question. Um, yeah, it, it, it really does blow me away, like all this new music and all of this new inspiration that I feel like a lot of people got very nostalgic about things. I mean, you think about all the TV show reunions that are coming about out now, you know, because people are like, oh, I missed that. And I got to binge that. And it, it happened with me and a bunch of CDs as well. Like I organized my CD collection um, from like alphabetical and like by year of release and everything. And I started listening to a lot of those older bands uh, that, you know, I hadn't listened to in a, in a while. So it, it was, it, it's been really cool to see a resurgence of the music that I grew up loving that almost almost fell out of fashion but I feel like you know there was this underground um love of it still and you know especially with the MCR reunion I feel like that definitely brought back a lot of inspiration for people that is literally the epitome of emo music oh yeah right there I mean that's really like why we met <laughs> yeah seriously <laughs> it's our love for MCR um but yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I love, I love that everything seems to be coming back to, I feel like I went through phases where, I mean, I really figured out who I was through music. And then I think, especially in college, I kind of drew back from that because I was just, I don't know, it, 
it wasn't really what everyone else was listening to. And it's not like my playlist changed at all. I'm still listening to the same exact stuff. Um, but yeah, I feel like I kind of suppressed a little bit of who I was. And it wasn't until like after college, I started like, I, I don't know, expressing myself a little bit more than that way. And then especially when the pandemic hit, like I was just, you know, still, I, I dressed, you know, however I wanted. I was wearing a band shirt every single day. I was playing the music I wanted. And it's really cool too, that like so many more people are just doing that all the time. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things that all of, I mean, yes, we are the elder evil hours podcast, but it's one of those things where we do that, not in the sense of the genre we're going for, we're doing that because we're literally three thirty somethings and still probably shot. Like we shop at hot topic still type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a corporate mole. I'm like, I'm a corporate emo millennial. I've got tattoos. I work in a bank. I'm a bank manager. Like Brittany's a substitute teacher. Autumn owns her own business. So it's like, we're all still elder emos. Nothing's changed. It's just now more acceptable to be older. I feel like for us to come <laughs> out and be like, yeah, I'm still sad and depressed and listening to the same thing I did 20 years ago. And it still hits just the same. I, I don't know why that, that is so funny. <laughs> I, I, you just perfectly explained my feelings. Like that just, it, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and cause I still, to be old. <laughs> we broke autumn in some, <laughs> some way in that conversation. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's like, I never stopped listening to anything. I used to listen to you. Like, I still listen to MCR, MCR, A Day to Remember, All Time Low. I grew up in Maryland before All Time Low was All Time Low. Like wow. uh, the summer so far, the dangerous summer, all these other ones, we're not going to get too depressing. We don't need that. It's not, it's a sad Sunday, but we're not going to have sad Sunday here <laughs> either way. Uh, but it's just like, it's very interesting to see that all of like, all of us that are in that that fate or were in that phase never left that phase and now it's just like I don't know if it's TikTok or social media but they're like hey it's still acceptable you don't have to hide it anymore and I'm like I'll let my freak flag fly like give me an excuse to tell the world I'm still emo (laughs) I think that's the nice thing about TikTok too is like I mean exactly how Nicole and I found each other but it really kind of opens you up to like oh there is still that community out there they just don't live near me at all (laughs) (laughs) right and the only thing and i've said this before and it says like one or two other times the only thing that makes me mad is the fact that like being like the whole emo kid and everything now is so much more acceptable than when i was in high school when i used to get my ass kicked for being the emo theater kid so i'm like (laughs) i'm like come on I think that's why I kind of like tried to draw back a little bit and like hide a little bit of that emo-ness but at the same time I don't know I wanted people to know I listened to emo music but I didn't always dress the part and also my parents didn't really want me to yeah that was me too I wasn't allowed the clothes that I wanted and listen to my music in my room mm-hmm. now you have the colored hair like I dyed my hair during yeah, now. COVID yeah <laughs> now I'm like I'm 30 almost 36 I'm gonna I'm gonna Dye do my it. hair. Gonna do what I want. <laughs> my mom it. can't tell me no now. <laughs> right, literally. <laughs> like my parents never understood any of it. 
And then I got older and I got like tattoos and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And my mom's like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, how much time do you have? I have a therapist for a reason, like, but I'm not going to pay you. Um, but keeping on this same, same vibe that we're on, um, talking about MySpace and things like that and social media, uh, cause social media back then versus social media now is a huge difference. Um, and back in the MySpace days, I'm, I'm going to make an assumption that you guys had MySpace or at least know what MySpace is. Oh, I, I, of course I know what MySpace is. I think I was just a little too young, especially with my, my household, um, to have a MySpace, but I was like very, I I would like sneak on with my friends on their like phones and computers and all that at their houses and be like, that just unlocked a core memory for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the big thing about MySpace is, of course, it was like, it's like, it was like Facebook 0.01, ultimately, except on MySpace, you could have a profile song on your profile and your profile song pretty much told everybody everything they ever needed to know about you. It didn't care about anything else. It was always your profile song. So a question we love to ask every artist that comes on our show is if you had MySpace today, what would your profile song be? Oh, I, know, I know mine. <laughs> is it MCR? Oh, it is. Yeah. I, think, <laughs> I mean, my, yeah, my favorite song is Helena. So like, I, I feel like so many of my friends just associate me with that song. Um, that would probably be my song. and It would never, ever change. Mm, classic. Um, for me, so this, this actually just unlocked a memory for myself. I didn't have MySpace, but I did have, it was like the Sims online for emo people. It was called Mies. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> and I, I learned from one of my friends on Mies that like, you could do the same thing where like, you could kind of go into the code on your profile and you could like add a playlist. And so I, I ended up doing that and I think that I ended up having, it must have been the Black Parade because it was around like, you know, within the la- the few years that Black Parade came out. So yeah, no, I think it would have been Welcome to the Black Parade. Very generic, I know, but it, it hits every time. That one song, you only have to hear one note. Exactly. And immediately you turn into an emo kid again. Exactly. Every time. Uh, so speaking of MCR, how do you guys feel about their major comeback that they're doing right now? I'm I'm so excited. I'm so happy for them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, they just look like they're having so much fun. And I've followed their solo careers more closely in the past few years. But, like, really getting into Frank Aero's music is just, like, he he really inspired me, actually, to do this project in the first place. This this whole Wayne Avenue thing. Like, he's the one that really inspired me to be like, okay, I think I can sit down and actually make this real. And so, like, I, I just, I'm, I'm really happy for them to be able to, like, go out and just have fun and not care about what they're, like, what they look like and how they're doing. It's just, they're, they're having fun. I feel like there's, there's a synonymous thing happening here oh. between. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. M- how you just talked about MCR and how you guys are as a band <laughs> with this whole, I don't care what anybody says, I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's a lot, a lot of. A lot of similarities there. I'm catch. I'm following. 
I'm catching on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, because that's the reason why I started even playing guitar. Um, like, I didn't really care what I did in a band. I just wanted to make music. And MCR was like that reason. Um, and I also, speaking of Frank, like, I, I just saw how he performed and how much energy he put into things. And I was just like, not that I could even like play guitar at the time when I got one, but I was like, you know what, I would love to just pour all of my like heart and soul into my instrument um, or whatever I'm doing in a band. So it just like made me really inspired to do that. Um, and what they stand for as a band, like you said, is kind of that same thing of just never giving up on that dream. Um, here we are like years later after dreaming about it. Um, and now we have like songs out it's still early for us, but um, I don't know. I feel like we still have a lot more that we're going to do. Yeah, definitely. Oh yeah. But it's, it's one of those things that being a musician, it's ever changing. And you're, you're never done mm-hmm. and you'll never be finished because you're always creating things and you're always doing things like, and if you're just like, oh, Hey, I've got two, like, we've have, we have two songs out, like we're just starting, but your two songs have already made an incredible impact on the amount of listeners you already have. So you're already six or seven steps ahead of 98% of the other people that have actually done the same thing. Um, well, back to the social media thing, like that's what gave us like I guess that opportunity to do is kind of crazy like Plastic Crown was our first song and did so well the first day and we were like what is this yeah it, it hit something like a thousand streams in the first day and we were like what is going on like, as it should have doesn't happen and we recognize that doesn't happen to every artist that puts out a song and the fact that we both had a following on like I had a pretty decent following on TikTok. Nicole has a decent following on Instagram. We could kind of like spread our promotion like in two different areas, which was really nice because uh, we have two completely different fan bases. Um, so it, it is really nice to kind of have our foot in the door already as musicians and to be able to finally share original music like I think that's what a lot of people wanted from us anyway so it was it was very 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 like amazing that we got that far in even one day well even thinking about it is both of you respectively are incredibly talented and you both also have your own fan bases so then when the two of you have come together and married into Wayne Avenue your both of your fan bases literally exploded at once right if you think about it because then it's like holy shit what just happened <laughs> so and that's i mean again you deserve more than a thousand like add like six more zeros onto that but <laughs> even still having something like that for even just your first release or this early on i know that you guys already have fan bases outside of that as well not necessarily makes things easier but you know it's going to be received a lot better because you have fans that are fans of both of you individually, but now they can enjoy both of you together. And that's the magic of music and social media, especially now. Mm -hmm. Um, But speaking of like your different fan bases and everything like that, we mentioned prior before starting the interview, how we pride our podcast on letting people get to know you outside of your music because they get to see you guys as musicians, as guitarists, as Wayne Avenue and everything else. But they may or may not be able to see you as like you're humans too at the same time. And we thoroughly enjoy the fact that we bring artists on our podcast and we let everybody get the chance to see you guys outside of just the music. Um, 
And we have a bunch of different icebreaker questions that we ask. And ironically, they're nothing to do music related, but they give us a good idea into like who you are personality wise. Because again, if people know you outside of the music can relate to you and they enjoy you, they're going to do anything they can for you. At least that's how Autumn and myself are. So um, a question that we always love to ask, it's become one of our staple questions, if you will. Um, We've asked this in every single interview. It's all thanks to Friend Circle who told us questions they got asked in an interview that made things really weird and awkward for them. Most people wouldn't ask the question. However, we ask it because it's hilarious. Okay. But Autumn, do you want to take it? Yep. Um, If you could be any type of sandwich, what kind of sandwich would you be and why? It's a very good question. (laughs) (laughs) I have a question in response. Can I be a wrap instead of a sandwich? Okay, this is where it comes into an argument, though, of whether or not, like, a hot dog's a sandwich. Oh, well, I'm not going to say a hot dog. But a hot but dog's no. not a wrap. But a hot dog's not a wrap. But a, is a wrap a sandwich? Because then is a hoagie a sandwich? Well, we have to define what sandwiches. Well, it- when you look at sandwiches on a menu, typically wraps fall under that, right? Or they're handhelds. Or they're just a wrap. Sandwiches and wraps. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, because th- that that's where the, that's. That's where we've had this whole debate in every single interview. <laughs> really? Because, okay. Yeah. I, don't, I don't eat a lot of sandwiches, but I like my wraps. So. <laughs> well, because like, because then we had somebody else argue with us that a taco was a sandwich. Okay. Oh, absolutely no. not. <laughs> same, no. same. Or a quesadilla was a sandwich. Oh, and no, see, it's, that's not, that's not a wait. sandwich, but I would put the quesadilla <laughs> no, over. Wait, no, I have opinions. I think it is a sandwich. Wait, why? What? It's two pieces of bread with contents in between them. But a quesadilla is one piece of tortilla folded no, over into one. Oh, I fold okay. mine make over. it like a half one, yeah. I was like, what okay. psychopath cuts their quesadilla in half to make a quesadilla? I do. <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> no, what you do, you have, you have your tortilla. This is the way my fiancé does it. You have your tortilla... And then you put your cheese on. You put another tortilla, and then. You but I do. <laughs> but that's a pizza. Thank it. No. <laughs> no, pizza doesn't have like. Autumn, the you bread and I were stuff. on the same vibe. <laughs> okay, that's like a pizza though. Taco Bell is a Mexican pizza that's made the exact same way. It's not. Mm-mm, it's different. <laughs> I think a quesadilla is its own thing. I don't think it's a pizza. Okay. I don't think it's a sandwich. If I could be a sandwich, I okay. I have two, but I prefer one. The one that I always get for sandwiches, I always get a number 14 at Jersey Mike's with like a few spicy things on it, like extra yes. jalapenos. It's like all vegetables. You get it Mike's way, mm-hmm. and then you get like the, the jalapenos on it. So if I were a sandwich, I would probably be that. But if you ask oh, other people, so because of how my Boston accent can some kind, sometimes come out, they would say I'm a fluff nutter which is a PB and uh, peanut butter and fluff sandwich. Yep. Yep. I had one before this interview because oh. <laughs> I am a child. All fluff is from the, the, uh, the city of Lynn, Massachusetts. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Did not know that. <laughs> okay. But in this instance, Nicole, I will give you a wrap. If you want to be a wrap. Okay. Well, wrap. now I, I just thought of another sandwich like do breakfast sandwiches count because that would probably be my go-to like 
Yes. Okay. I love breakfast sandwiches. I would, I would eat breakfast food all the time. I was going to say like a, a buffalo chicken wrap or something because it's spicy. Ooh. I don't know. <laughs> Either Ooh. one of those. Okay. Okay. But not a, an actual, not an actual sandwich and not a quesadilla. <laughs> And it's not a taco either. No, <laughs> tacos Tacos don't count. Um, so then speaking on kind of going off the fluffernutter, uh, another argument that myself, Autumn, and Brittany have every, every interview when it comes to the sandwich question is think of peanut butter and jelly. Are you grape jelly or are you strawberry jelly? Strawberry. I don't really care for grape. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to say grape jelly. <laughs> Yes, I am great for the win. I need Brittany here. She's strawberry. We would have won. Well, now we're 50-50 in this one, okay? We're 50-50. I'll give you that. You usually lose, so I'll let you have that. I do usually use. By that point, I'm like, okay, I'm going to leave this interview now. It's been great, but (laughs) I don't don't associate myself with that negativity, so I'm just going to go. But great. I mean- Strawberry and grape are the more common ones. I'm definitely more of an apple butter person or like a Ooh, raspberry person. That's a good one. I, I was we get a lot of raspberry. raspberry. I was we thinking a lot yeah. of raspberry. Blackberry's good. Ooh. Oh, I forgot about blackberry. Blueberry. Blueberry jam. Actually. So basically everything that you didn't say. <laughs> <laughs> right. Everything else aside from the grape and strawberry. That's where we're at. Got it. Apple butter though. Apple, apple butter. butter. Ugh so good and then who was I who was I talking to we were talking about sandwiches last night in our live on TikTok and Montana from maybe someday he said to have a McChicken but put honey on it listen I love chicken nuggets with honey so I would not be knocking that I don't think I've ever tried that I haven't tried it but I did just remember that I was friends with a kid when I was younger that his mom used to make peanut butter and honey sandwiches okay oh, I, I can get behind that actually really good I tried mm-hmm. it it was one of my favorite things when I was younger but if okay you're but put it on a big chicken no I, I don't well I don't <laughs> eat chicken but I'm assuming it would taste fine I don't know the only thing that would kind of freak me out is that like McChickens have mayonnaise on them and I couldn't Ooh. picture I'm wondering if you could honey out. right yeah like if it was just like a chicken sandwich with some honey on it, like that's yeah, kind of, well, Sam, it kind of reminds me of the South with, you know, chicken and waffles. Okay. But that's no. chicken and waffles. <laughs> I've also but, never had that, but I'm also not Southern. <laughs> okay. But that's, that's chicken and waffles. But then if you're thinking, okay. So Wendy's, if you do Wendy's breakfast, mm. um, never have. I, okay. Well, Wendy's has, they have, what are they called? They're hot honey. Hot honey chicken biscuits or just hot honey biscuits, either one. I think it's and the biscuits, yeah. It's like it's like a they have a regular like honey butter biscuit with chicken on it or just the biscuit, or they have it where it's got a little bit of spice to it. And those are kind of life-changing. Not gonna lie. <laughs> They're better than the Lord's chicken of Chick-fil-A. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> Ultimately. But Anyway, we can sit here talking about food all day. I, I am, uh, yes, I'm a foodie. So, but uh, another question we love to ask uh, that has warranted fantastic responses is if you guys woke up tomorrow and realized that you were a dragon, what's the first thing you would do? 
Am I still, my, am I still my size or am I like a huge dragon now? Whichever way you want to be. Okay. I think I would fly because like when else would you get to? Your wings? You know, that's that, that's fair. Um, If I were a dragon, I think I would probably go and like find some cave that had a bunch of gold in it and just like chill there. Isn't that what dragons do? <laughs> I love how that's normally the response for everybody when we ask this question. It's either they're going to fly, they're going to blow fire and burn a city down, <laughs> they're going to go find gold and hoard gold, Yeah. or the real creative ones usually say they go and find donkey. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so I was just thinking or make like s'mores or something. Well, Alex <laughs> from Osatia, we asked him this question. And he gave us, I think, the cutest response I think I've ever heard. Because everybody else was like, oh, I'm going to, like, burn this place down. Or I'm going to do, like, all these crazy things. And he's just like, I would just go to kids' birthday parties and light their candles. And I was like, no. Oh, my gosh. That's the cutest thing I think I've ever heard. (laughs) Oh, it was adorable. Freaking adorable. Yeah. Um, Another one that we love to ask is the, there's a net. Um. If you guys could be in any movie, what movie would you be in and who would you play? Ooh. I would love to be in Harry Potter. Um, okay. What's your house? I'm, I'm Gryffindor. I don't know who I would want to be. Okay. I mean, I guess I would be Hermione, but I feel like that's too obvious. <laughs> um, I'm, not, I'm not that smart, though. <laughs> I mean, yes, but if you, you gone are. in the movie, you would ad- adapt to that. Sure. Right? Yeah. <laughs> we'll go with that. That's I don't fine. know. I just want to be in like a world of magic. Mm. Touche. If Touché. I could be in any movie and play anyone, I think I'd honestly be Princess Leia in Star Wars because she's she's a real badass. Fun fact, I've never seen Star Wars. You should try it. It's really good. <laughs> I know who Princess Leia is and I know how badass she is. I've just never actually watched it. Um, uh, my fiance had a roommate in college. Like his two things that he was very obsessed with was Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. And I, I've seen all the Star Wars movies, but I was kind of forced against my will to learn a lot about the Star Wars universe. But um, no, I just, I love how... Um, that universe portrays women as very strong and respected. And I feel like that's a Amen. world I want to live in. <laughs> a freaking men. Um, Autumn, do you want to ask some of your off the wall sure. questions? Yeah. Um, it kind of, I don't know, it kind of plays off of the whole flying thing. But would you rather fly or be invisible? Fly. I think fly. Mm-hmm. what i would love to do actually is teleport but Ooh. Ooh. i like that but, answer but i would be flying mm-hmm. i like that one i I'd, do i would love to be doctor who for a day <laughs> just to kind of see what would happen i'd probably get myself in so much trouble and be like oh i'm gonna teleport here and then i end up in a swamp <laughs> that would be my luck um Another question. So Autumn usually asks this one, and I think it's always for great conversation. Um, but do thinking of M and M's, do different colored M and M's taste different? I have a weird way of eating M and M's. 
People make fun of me for it. Um, I'm sure it's a little more common than I think, but everyone in my family always thinks that it's weird. I have to separate them by color and eat them in rainbow order. But I also have to eat like one red one and then one orange one, one yellow one. Like I have to eat them until like that until they're gone. And I don't think they taste interesting. I don't think they taste different, but I think that it does matter how you eat them. Like I can't imagine grabbing a handful of like different colors and like just like Mm -hmm. mowing them down. (laughs) Interesting. Oh, I don't do that at all. (laughs) Cause I was like, you know, blue. I remember when blue came out and I always had to have the blue ones. And to me, they were always the best. And Mm -hmm. someone mentioned like, they may not actually taste different, but like mentally they're different. Like, Mm -hmm. You have like a favorite almost or a special way that like how you have to do it yeah i don't think well, they taste any different see i don't either but then it also that pulls up the argument of like fruit loops do fruit loops taste different i don't think so i don't think so either they don't uh, they don't but okay. like mentally but- you see the different colors and you're like oh they're a bunch of different flavors wait do apple jacks taste different no i think oh. did we look it up fruity pebbles are different though fruity pebbles like, are different flavors huh but fruity pebbles yeah, are different flavors 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 <laughs> i had a stroke um <laughs> fruit loops are all lemon flavored no yeah yeah no i'm learning yeah. so much oh yeah if <laughs> you can't impossible. tell just by this our a lot of our priorities in this this podcast family is food um i was gonna say how did you learn that <laughs> lots of conversations lots of conversations wow. we have a lot of really random conversations when it comes to these icebreaker questions like when we were talking to we demand parachutes we went from talking about food to whether or not there are more war <laughs> i can't talk i love it or wheels or doors in the world i believe there are more wheels i agree mm-hmm. yeah yeah. Because you have to think, drawers have wheels. Trains. Mm-hmm. Trains. Yep. Automobiles. Yep. I always, yeah. Yes. Anytime someone's like, oh, I'm not sure. I'm like, well, I will fight to the death of that. It's <laughs> definitely wheels. Like, there's no way that there's more doors. Mm-hmm. No way. I mean, depends on who you ask. We, we had a whole well, like, 20 anyone... minute tangent about this in that interview. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes, we did. It was great but it was ridiculous other people are wrong so but you can't always tell somebody that they're wrong if they're super passionate about something i mean you can try but yeah not always so you just have to kind of like not in agree because like if i were to sit mm-hmm. here and tell them that i thought mcr was terrible they both would probably want to murder me <laughs> i wouldn't even I, yeah i wouldn't even be like nodding and pretending <laughs> should be like i'm gonna end this interview to leave. right now <laughs> Right now, this was great. Don't release this episode. K okay, bye. <laughs> um, I saw. So speaking of MCR, before we dive into more music questions, I saw MCR right after they released um, their first ever album with Reggie and the Full Effect and Alkaline Trio. Wow! And it was hands down the best show I've ever seen. What a show! I almost died in the pit, but it was great. It was <laughs> worth it. So worth it. Um. But 
keeping on this music train, I have a feeling I know what part of this next answer is going to be. But if the two of you could have your ideal tour as Wayne Avenue, what would your ideal tour look like? Ooh. I'm having trouble deciding if I want to go with like big bands or if I want to go with like bands that I'm friends with. <laughs> do both. Do okay. do do both sides of that cuz I feel like that would be interesting. So, for me at least, I would love to go on tour with the guys in Simple Plan. And like of course, I'd want to go with My Chemical Romance. Um Fall Out Boy would be really cool. <laughs> But mm-hmm. as far as, like, bands that I'm friends with, um, I have some really good friends in Keep Flying um, that I've played okay. I played flute with before, actually, uh, for a couple shows. And uh, they are, like, some of the nicest guys. And uh, they're very, very fun to do a show with. Uh, I would love to be able to do something with Unsafe Unsound because Ricky's amazing. <laughs> yes, yes. I was going to say something similar, like, yeah, obviously I would say MCR, but I think that would also be intimidating. Um, Simple Plan's a good one, because I feel like, I don't know. They're fun. Yeah. Um, I'd probably say something something along those lines, but yeah, I would definitely say other people that I've met through music projects um, that I've worked with, so like Unsafe Unsound would be awesome, um, like Penny Board, if, if you know them. Oh, uh, yeah, I love yeah. Penny It's just like awesome to see so many people kind of in the same, in a similar position as us. And it would, I just think it would be a lot of fun hyping each other up and like really, I don't know, building that whole community. And we all have like maybe kind of some intertwining of um, people that follow us, but also like completely different people too. And I think it would just be like a lot of fun seeing um, a lot of people who are looking for new music too. I think it's really cool to speaking of that. Cause like we have Penny board coming on the show in like two weeks. Um, and then of course we had unsafe unsound not long ago, Tyler and Ricky are nuts in the best way possible. And we love them, but also kind of keeping on that too. It's very interesting to us after uh, starting this podcast. Cause again, uh, 15 years ago, Brittany and I also ran a promotion company where we did like the management, the tour management, but like all of that, that, backhand stuff that a lot of people don't talk about that go into the music things we've done that but seeing where everybody now is so intertwined and aware of each other regardless of where they are in the world is like so rewarding to see and super cool like how you guys talking about yeah we know unsafe unsound penny born and they're in different different places or how errors in action are also great friends with the home team and they're across the, the country from each other. So seeing how all of you are so aware of each other and friends and collaborative is so cool to watch. And I feel like it's great, especially for you guys as musicians, because it doesn't feel like the, the scene has a competition anymore of artists like it used to everybody is on the same field and everybody wants to see everybody succeed. And I feel like that is going to be one of the major things that changes the music scene around right now. I really agree with that. Like, um, especially after like the mandated quarantine was over and like shows started coming back, like going to local stuff, whether it was like, you know, around here, or if it was like, I went to a couple shows in New York, like it really just felt like everyone was like, you know, 
there for everyone. It didn't feel like, oh, I'm just here for the headliner and, you know, screw all these other openers, don't want to listen to them. Like, it really just, like, seeing it for the first time in, like, forever, it really just felt like, oh my gosh, this community over this time has changed a lot. Um, and everyone just wants to see, like you said, everyone wants to see each other succeed and just, you know, do their thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like social media, like TikTok, again, you guys met that way. You guys have interacted with other artists and things like that. If I thoroughly believe if quarantine hadn't happened the way that it did and TikTok didn't, wasn't really burst out of quarantine, we may not be sitting here right now. All because of a simple little clock app that was originally just dancing videos, but is now like the biggest connection thing between you guys and your fans and other artists. And it really, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, it really feels like social media and music now is giving all of you guys a chance to take your music back and to have an actual voice and say in your music versus where it may be with a label and you're limited on what you can and cannot do. And that is amazing. I think it's really, we're we're in a very good place with being independent right now too, because we're able to kind of control everything, every aspect about our music and like what we're doing to promote it. And I know that there's a lot of people that are on labels right now that maybe aren't able to release that music because they're not getting specific numbers that you know non-musicians are expecting for that kind of thing like pre-saves and you know oh you need this viral video to in order even to even release your music that you want to release that's done you can't release it unless you know this other factor that has nothing to do with the music happens and so we're in a very like privileged place that we can kind of have full control of what we're doing and it's amazing (laughs) Hands down. It's amazing. Um, So kind of piggybacking off of that and everything too, um, with, again, what you can tell us, what are some things, some things we can expect from you guys by the end of the year? Like what's next for Wayne Avenue? Uh, We have a single coming out probably late July, early August, like later this summer. with our friend Nick Soshin, who I mentioned earlier in the band Augustine and um, of his own musical projects. Uh, he is, he and I co-wrote a song two years ago, I think, that um, we're now finally putting out as Wayne Avenue. Um, and that is a very, very exciting project. We're hoping to get an EP off the ground very, very soon, like probably this year um, with the singles that we've already put out and maybe a few extra little things. We'll see. Intent. <laughs> maybe. 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 Who knows? <laughs> yeah, but we currently like have, yeah, that one that Beth just mentioned and something else in the works. Um, but yeah, uh, we definitely want to like work towards releasing an EP and getting just more music out there. I don't know. But we're also like, uh, I feel like we don't have a tight timeline either because we just want to like have fun with it and make sure that we're releasing stuff that we really like want to release. Yeah, we want to be consistent with it because I feel like that's something that's super important in this day and age as far as social media goes is staying consistent, which Nicole and I have talked a lot about on our respective platforms. Um, but yeah, I feel like we're just kind of trying to get our foot in the door here and we're 
um, really excited just to be able to just make stuff and have fun with it. It's, it's really, really nice to be able to do that. Now, do we have any potential, uh, shows or weekenders tours, any of that? Like when, when could we expect to see you guys alive? I want to like try to get back to Boston to like do something since we, we both have a ton of friends there. I was living uh, in Massachusetts for a while. Um, so I feel like that would be a great place to have a show. So it's just a matter of actually organizing that and yeah. probably like finishing up a couple more songs first. So um, yeah, just so that we have more of a set list. Yep. Okay. So we have a lot of really exciting things that are getting ready to happen. A lot of exciting things coming out, more music which I'm living for. I'm so excited. Thank you. Um, now we are coming up to the hour mark as far as the, as far as the internet's concerned. <laughs> I'm loving this. This is great. <laughs> oh my God. As far as the interview is concerned. Um, so one way that we always love to kind of wind down towards the end of our interviews is to pass it off to you guys to, um, answer this one question of if there's one piece of advice that you could give your younger self or a piece of advice that you would like to give any up and coming artists, what would that be? Yeah. I don't know. I think about like my younger self and I always, I always wanted to be a musician. I always want, like I said, it didn't really matter what I played or if I was singing or whatnot. Um, but to not really care about what others think and not put, I guess like put such an expectation of needing to be good to do it. And even when I started an Instagram account, it wasn't at all to have some sort of expectation of even starting a band at that point, um, or growing to where it is now. It was all about just how do I track my progress and just start doing something because I enjoy doing it in my free time. And, um, I kind of wish I had just started that sooner and uh, like, I would, I would just tell other people or like my younger self, just start doing it. Like if you want to learn an instrument or if you want to, um, like write music, just start doing it. And eventually it'll get to the point that you want it to be at. And you're always like, I'm still learning and growing. Um, and I'm excited to like, look back at this too, and be like, look at how far we've come. Um, so yeah, that's probably the advice I would give. I think for me, as far as giving advice to my younger self, um, I mentioned earlier that like, uh, in college and like the few years after college, I really was just focused on my career as a music teacher. And I've since kind of flipped that around to be I'm a musician that also happens to teach. And I think that as far as like, just what I would say, I would be like, relax. <laughs> you need to have more fun. Um, you need to kind of take your time in your craft and not worry so much about like what, like what Nicole said, what other people think. Like it really just, it doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter if your music isn't for someone else. It needs to be for you at that point. Like it, it really just needs to be something that you like and if you like it, you're confident in it and more people will flock to that, I think. So uh, one, we had the guys of, uh, well, we had Lucy and Anoma from Haunter on the show and we asked them the same question and it kind of relates 
the the one thing that Anoma said relates a lot to what you just said, and I I love it, and I always love to say it any chance that I get. Um, but that kind of comes around to what Anoma had said was, you were not meant to be small. Like you were not meant to be put in this little box of what you think you can do or what you think you can't do. You were meant to be as big as you want to be without anybody telling you what you have to be, but you were not meant to be small at all. And I think that that's like such wise words. And a lot of artists say something along the the similar side of that. So speaking on to, to Beth, what you had just said, it was a lot of that. And it reminded me of that, of, going back to what your morals are as Wayne Avenue of take the time, do it. Don't let anything stop you. Don't let anything get in your way. I mean, you guys are in two completely different places, hundreds of miles away, and you are creating the most incredible stuff I've heard in a very long time. And not only that, but you're a powerhouse and you're female fronted all the way around, which is very rare. And it, experience based from when we were in an all-girl like band it was not the best of situation it makes things a lot harder so more power to you guys kudos to you guys you are doing the unthinkable and the harder thing and you guys are excelling in it incredibly like I said I want to grow up and be you like that was what I wanted to do and then unfortunately it didn't work out for me but that doesn't mean that I can't sit here and watch the two of you do it and do it so freaking well. We are so proud of the two of you for everything that you have done and what you are doing and just understanding where you guys came from and how you met in everything. I'm, I'm mind blown. Like I can't say enough about the two of you and Wayne Avenue. I appreciate that so much. That's so incredibly sweet. I'm like going to cry. Yeah, no, that's so nice. <laughs> but like it, it is though, because they're in the one thing that we've also noted is there's not a lot of female fronted mm-hmm. projects out there. And especially when it comes to being female fronted in the sense of, I don't mean just like lead singer, but like having all of those different bits and pieces and the two of you are doing it like I kind of going a little bit more on this heavier side, but have you guys thought about how much you inspire probably a lot of these younger females and things with what you're doing to let them know that they can do it themselves? It's not a man's world in the music industry. The two of you can do it. And then being able to watch you guys do that and exceed into it well, how many lives you're changing at the same exact time, especially with your own respective fan bases? Like, think about that. I I have thought about that and that's like a very heavy thing like I I don't take it lightly that like the influence that we we do have as creators and as musicians and women in the industry it just it really does it, it makes an impact it shows other people exactly what our message is and that you can do anything that you set your mind to you like you just you have to not give a shit and do it it's crazy because like yeah I've thought about that before too but for the most part I feel like I think that of other people in our position too other people who um are like female fronted bands or something um yeah and and I just like respect them so much and then it's kind of weird thinking about like people see us that way too and the other thing is too is you guys are also so honest in what you do 
like you're so honest in like what you do and how you're running everything and all of that, that it's, it makes it a much better experience for a lot of people because it's, you're not putting on a face or anything like that. Like you are real, this is what you're doing and you are here and you're, you guys are just, again, you're killing it. Absolutely killing it. I could sit here all day and tell you all of the things that I think about you guys, but then we would probably have to create probably at least another two more episodes uh, before <laughs> anything. To come back. Yeah. If anyone else is just playing music in their room, like they, they can start a band. They can start yep, right. like a social media page, have a following, like they can do it. Um, yeah, it's just really cool. Yes. Everybody can do it. And we would love to have you guys back on our show in any way, shape and form. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like I said, we've come to the hour mark as far as the interview and everything's concerned. Um, and like I said, we are so proud of the two of you and everything that you guys have accomplished and what you are accomplishing. Um, and we love to watch it being there again, from me being just finding Nicole six months ago to seeing where all of this has come to, to discover all of you. It's been insane because I was in awe of you when I saw you six months ago. And then, then I realized there was Wayne Avenue and there was all those other things. And I'm like, holy shit, where did this come from? Like, this is amazing. So again, we thoroughly appreciate you guys and thank you guys so much for coming to hang out with us, um, especially on our show. Um, like I said, you guys are, you guys are more than welcome to come back anytime. So maybe if anything, once you guys release this EP, we can bring you back on and talk more of the EP um, and dive more into that type of thing. Cause we are doing follow-ups with a lot of our artists. We have, like, we've got to follow up with maybe someday. And they were the third interview we ever did for this podcast six months ago, which is weird, but it's cool at the same time. <laughs> That's but, awesome. Um, again, we thoroughly appreciate you guys and thank you for coming to hang out with us. But ladies and gentlemen, we've been hanging out with Beth and Nicole from Wayne Avenue. Um, if you do not already follow them both respectively as individuals and as Wayne Avenue, I don't know what the hell you're doing, but you're missing out. So please go and find them everywhere. Find them on social media, find them on TikTok, on Instagram, find them on Spotify, Apple Music, find them everywhere and stream them on repeat. You can hear them on our emo nights. Um, you can hear them a little bit of everywhere. Please go send them all the love, raid them. And when you go through and raid them on social media with all the love, please tell them that the elder emo hour sent you. But again, thank you guys. We appreciate you guys so much for coming to hang out with us. But we are the elder emo hours and this was Wayne Avenue.